0: Today on The Dispatch, we bring you a special story from radio producer Zoe Beery. Take it away, Zoe. The horse story of this day is militant and beautiful. The horse story of this day is militant and beautiful. It was two in the afternoon on a blazing Saturday when a tiny park in the West Village neighborhood of Manhattan filled with red umbrellas. A few were struggling in the wind. Underneath them were roughly 200 sex workers and their allies who had gathered across the street from the Stonewall Inn to speak out against the criminalization of sex work. The location was a tribute to the many sex workers, including Marsha P. Johnson, who helped to start the Stonewall riots. At this very location in 1969, police raided a bar that was a haven for queer folks, and those queer folks fought back, sparking the beginning of the gay rights movement. The date was a tribute to sex workers too, ones whose revolution came after Stonewall thousands of miles away. Today is June 2nd, which is International Whores Day. We've been celebrating since 1975 when a lot of the street-based sex workers in Lyon, France, took over a church that sparked a national movement and an international media sensation fighting police brutality. That's Caitlin Bailey, a former sex worker who now hosts a podcast about sex work history called The Oldest Profession. Those French sex workers she's talking about were protesting local police the same police that arrested and beat them while failing to track down men who assaulted sex workers. Here's what happened. A sympathetic priest let the sex workers inside the church, and the women strung a banner across the doors reading, our children do not want their mothers in prison. That banner got the attention of local politicians. And those politicians saw sex workers as unfit mothers and threatened to take their children away. But when French women saw mothers under attack because of their work, they joined the sex workers in the church so police wouldn't know who to arrest. They occupied a church for eight days before being brutally uh, broken up and beaten uh, by the police. But in the meantime, it started a conversation around sex worker rights that continues today. After 1975, International Horse Day became an annual celebration. We are celebrating and marking this day because you know that one of the challenges the sex workers have been facing is the violence that they face. They face violence from the clients, violence from America. Around the world, hundreds of marchers take over streets and public squares. Their demands? Better working conditions and ending the stigma of sex work. And in those countries where sex work is illegal? Decriminalization. But here in America, two things halted the growth of International Whores Day. A conservative viewpoint on sex and a strong police force. Even in big cities like New York and San Francisco, rallies usually pull in under 100 people. This year, back in that small park in the West Village, roughly 200 showed up. What changed? Thank you very much for being with us today as we signed this crucial legislation to combat online sex trafficking and bring criminals to justice. On April 11th, President Trump signed into law two bills that were a slam dunk in a time of political division, SESTA and FOSTA. Both of these laws hold websites and platforms responsible for the, quote, promotion or facilitation of prostitution. The bill chose a main target, child sex trafficking, and that's the narrative that took hold, especially from celebrities. Today you can go online and buy a child for sex. It's as easy as ordering a pizza. And Congress agreed. Only 25 representatives and two senators voted against the package. But a lot of sex workers believe that all these bills did was push trafficking further underground. I started working when I was 17. I left home, I started on Backpage actually. That was Tyler. He's one of the sex workers that will be affected by this new law. It was the only way that someone um, at my uh, financial status could screen in any way. Uh, It was the only way that I could keep from uh, from having to step outdoors to see clients and work outdoors. Outdoor sex work, which used to be called street walking, is the most dangerous working environment for sex workers for two reasons. One, workers can't vet their clients. And two, they're more likely to come into contact with the police. With all their flaws... Backpage, Craigslist, and other online platforms still allowed sex workers to communicate with clients beforehand and ask colleagues whether someone was safe to see. But now that's all gone. Both those sites shut down within hours of the bills passing, and some sex workers shut down their own sites out of an abundance of caution. It's left sex workers like Charlie King in fear. I've had to carry around mace now, I have to carry around a taser now, which I don't want to taser mace anyone, but guys are, honestly, can choke me, you know, I can be robbed, other women can rob me, pimps now are out here, they're robbing people, they're targeting us with violence, so it's like, it's Wild Wall West right now, and it's really endangering our lives. History is starting to repeat itself, especially for longtime activists like 53 year old Kyan Dorishow. Although she's no longer a sex worker, she runs an advocacy and support group called Glitz, Gays and Lesbians Living in a Transgender Society. Over the past nine years, I've buried girls. I've had to call parents and tell parents that their children are dead. Trans women of color like Cayenne are notoriously the ones most affected by these laws, and she's seen what a lack of resources can do. This law affects us all. It literally ruins lives. It literally forces people into harm's way. If the government was worried about trafficking, here's a prime example of creating it. My friend was assaulted. My friend assaulted by a new client she was unable to scream. by a new client she was unable to scream. after fosta after fosta and we're still here and we're still here hearts beating hearts beating so that brings us back to june 2nd 2018 where sex workers across america gathered for international whores day The danger spurred record numbers in San Francisco, Las Vegas, Chicago, Oakland, D.C., and L.A. And despite the peril, the mood in New York was celebratory. People showed up in costume, many with large sunglasses, to provide some privacy from the many cameras. There was lots of grinning and hugging and posing for group photos. It felt kind of like a high school reunion, but for a very cool high school. And in a way it was. Many sex workers who only knew each other online or didn't know each other at all were meeting for the first time under the sea of red umbrellas. It was a party that soon outgrew its venue, and by 3 p.m., a National Park Service ranger, who declined to be interviewed, had decided that the crowd needed to leave. The organizers had a backup plan. Do you want to take up more space? Yeah! want to see everyone that you're sharing space with? Yes. yes! All right, let's go take Washington Square Park! You know what's right! With marshals from the Democratic Socialists of America blocking intersections, the marchers made their way three blocks toward Washington Square Park. Confused onlookers craned their necks to read signs No bad horrors, only bad laws. Rights, not rescue. The only good cop is a stripper cop. The Sea of Red took 15 minutes to reach the park, interrupting the usual crowd of weekend sunbathers and buskers. By the time the marchers reached the iconic arch, their ranks had grown to about 200, but organizers quoted around four. It was like a sexy marching band coming for your moral outrage. Slowly, a circle formed, five deep, to listen to a series of longtime organizers like Mariah Lopez, who runs trans advocacy group Star. We demand money and resources for sex workers to survive. I hope that this will be the last year that I'm ever forced to do survival sex, right? Which is different than empowered, sex positive, body positive gig work as a sex worker. A lot of what people think is sort of bold and impossible, like, oh, decrim by pride, by golly gee, goddammit, we can decrim with the connection to pride being our strongest link to sex work. If there was one thing tying together all the speeches, it was that sense of determination. In the wake of FOSTA and SESTA, sex workers aren't quite afraid. They're angry and more determined than ever to end the conditions that make their work so dangerous. Many of the marchers in New York had been in D.C. the day before, talking to legislators about their experiences after the bill's passage. One of them was Laura Lee, an adult performer and sex work activist. As the march came to a close, tears started to well in her eyes. She wiped them away as she reflected on the day. I've lost a lot of friends, and uh, I really came here to say their names. The only reason that I am still here is because of other sex workers who have stood up for me, who have shared safety information, protected me, um, and taught me that my life was valuable. Like, I, I just, I owe my life to other sex workers. So I, I'm just so grateful for everyone who showed up today and that, that this could happen. And you know what? I'm hopeful. I really am. I believe that we will win! 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 We will win. We will win. Today's Dispatch was reported and produced by Zoe Beery. It was edited by me, James T. Green, and Emily Friedlander. We were sound designed and mixed by me, James T. Green. The music you heard was courtesy of APM, and our score is by John Lagomarsino. If you're interested in pitching a story of your own to The Dispatch, email me at james.green at theoutline.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you tomorrow.